Hello, and welcome to another episode of the DevRel Book Club. I'm Ramon, and I'm joined today by a very special co-host, Christoph. Hello, how are you? Very good. I'm really excited to be here, Ramon. It's it's uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's something we've talked a long time about, uh, and finally, it's happening. <laughs> so really, really happy to be here. And I'm super happy too. This is a conversation I've been really excited about, and. Before we bring in our guest and tell you about what book we'll be reading about today, um, just want to give a quick thank you to our sponsor, Common Room. Go to commonroom.io, that's one word, commonroom.io, to check them out. And before further ado, let me bring in our guest, Lian Lee. Hey, Lian, how are you? Hey, I'm doing very well. Thank you. How are you guys? All fine here. Thank you so much. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> So we really happy to to uh, to have you come and talk about this book, and and uh, we're really excited that somebody else also got so excited about this book uh, because it's been it's been an inspiration for a very long time. Uh, so so uh, I'm curious to, to so I'm curious to hear what what are your key takeaways and and where you've been applying it. Very much looking forward. Well, um, let's uh, not beat around the bush here. Leon, why don't you tell us please a little bit about yourself and what book you've brought for us today? Excited to do that. So uh, my name is Leon Lee and um, I am currently a, de a developer advocate, uh, as I think most people are who will be tuning into this. Um, I work for a company named Loft Labs. We are uh, building developer tooling for Kubernetes. Um, and I have brought the book, I don't have it with me because I only have like a digital version. It's called Tribal Leadership by Dave Logan and other people who I don't actually know who else is uh, authoring that book, but I guess I'm sure we'll find that out later. And um, I was first introduced to this book when I was still working as a consultant, um, also doing cloud native transformation stuff about, let's say maybe five years ago or something. And the book completely changed my life and my outlook on a lot of things, both professionally and also in my private life. So yeah, it's like, it's one of my favorite books. That's wonderful. Thank you. I'd, um, since this is a special occasion where Christoph, you'll be, uh, helping me cause, and you were also super excited about this book. I'd also love to hear from you, uh, how you came across this book and, and how it's affected you. It's many years ago that I found this book and, um, and. Uh, it, it became a really big influence, both in how I, I work with uh, groups of people, with the teams that I work with in, in the day-to-day, -day, uh, with customers, um, uh, and also how I can express uh, some of the things that go wrong and, and like like things that before I was like, yeah, this doesn't feel right. And then and now I have words for it. Um, and that was, that was really useful. But also, and this is probably related to DevRel, I think really, really important is, is how uh, it, it helps to express how communities can be different. And, and that is, I think, a, a really huge one because we, we are community builders and, um, and doing so in, in a healthy way that creates space for more people to uh, feel like they belong um, and that they can feel good, I, I think is really important. And this book gives a language for expressing that. So yeah, that that's that's uh, why why I'm so excited about it. So, for folks who are you know haven't read this book yet and are keen on on doing so, um, the big, correct me if I'm wrong, the big 
chunk of what this book is trying to tell us is that there are five big stages of culture. And this is within a team or a leadership group. But as you hint at yourself, this is also applicable to community, which kind of blew my mind coming into this conversation. Um, could you all, could, could, Dan, could you tell us a little bit about what, what those five stages are and how a little bit about them? Yeah, sure. I mean, this is one of the great things about the book. I think uh, just to add on to what Christopher was saying earlier, that it gives us um, a language to talk about the specific cultural stage that these these groups are in, and it also and that that's what changed things for me, especially as a consultant. It gives us a way to move people along those stages and to change things for them and for the better. Because um, I guess we'll talk about this. Um, they are basically the five stages. They don't really have names. But the stages are defined by kind of the the um, atmosphere, the vibe, the the kind of like main um, way that people feel, I would say. And um, it goes from the first stage would be people who whose outlook on life is just that life sucks. And it's just like just life in general is just terrible. You know, I, I would rather not, you know, engage with this because it just completely sucks. Um, the stage one. It's a fairly small group of the population, and it's mostly pretty extreme circumstances. Like the the example that they um, give in the book is like people who are imprisoned, so they don't see any kind of like way for them to escape kind of the situation that they are in right now. The next stage, uh, stage number two, is uh, dominated by the thought of my life sucks. So it's slightly different in as much that. My life might suck, but I can see that the lives of other people don't suck. So it's the, there, there's a slight difference in like, okay, there is another life. It's just not mine. And I think that is um, quite a bigger portion of the population. It, you can see it a lot with people in like dead end jobs, maybe like, especially people who hate their jobs, who can see that, you know, their bosses have great lives, but it's just that their own lives are not you know, what they would want it to be. And then the third stage, that's probably the maybe the, the biggest group of people um, that is dominated by the thought that I am great. And then that's not said, but kind of implied as and you are not. So I'm, I'm sure, you know, these people who are, you know, like very um, proud about what they have achieved and accomplished. And while they kind of brag about their own achievements, they might be putting down other people a little bit, sometimes intentional, sometimes not. It's just kind of the, the mindset that is what's in the foreground and um the next stage the fourth stage that is kind of like where the authors are trying to us to get us to um that stage is the we are great stage and again kind of not said but implied is and you're not so this is kind of like the the third stage but in a wider context where it's not just about me it's about my group and my tribe and we are awesome we're much better than this other company or this other country or whatever um, which is a step up, but you know, there's still a fifth stage, which is that life is great. So we're coming full circle to the first stage again, where all life is horrible, but in stage five, all life is great. So the, the group that I'm in is not just my own tribe. It is the entirety of humanity. And those would be like the examples that they give in the book are, um, social justice movements, maybe, or, um, the, the group that brought us to the moon, you know, where they represent the the goal of moving humanity along and there is no real adversary. Um, 
So yeah, that's the, I think the, the quick run through of the five stages. Uh, Christoph, if you have anything to add. So, I think that the, the, um, I loved also, so, you know, these stages, they're, they're really interesting. What, but what I loved also was that they were, uh, uh, saying that people can be different in different stages depending on the context that they're in. So they might be in one place and they're behaving like someone whose life sucks. And then they go to another place and they become somebody else. And that, that was really, really interesting because that shows that the, the context in which people are uh, living uh, influences them and, and can have a really big impact on uh, on how they're experiencing things, and then the the other part was was that it's all about language. It's about the the language that we're using in those contexts, and uh, and how that changes and affects us. Uh, and that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, language really shapes our reality, and I think that is one of the one of the key takeaways from the book is really how do you change the language that you use to describe your daily life and you know how do you talk to other people and uh, that can already change kind of a little bit of the mindset and move you to the next stage um my my former boss always used to say if you put an onion in a pickle jar the onion gets pickled and it's not that all the other already pickled onions get unpickled so i think that's kind of what you meant with if i'm in like i'm generally maybe a stage three person but i go into a situation where all the people are stage two around me and then that will slowly suck me into this stage two mindset i'm sure you've also experienced something similar right when you go into this group of people who just like just have no hope um especially when i was a consultant there were so many obviously you, as a consultant you go into dysfunctional teams most of the time and um there's this like yeah just this vibe of oh it doesn't matter if we change anything like you're the 50th consultant who's, who's come through here trying to change stuff and i mean i guess we'll, we'll play along but in the end you know all the plans that we make they just get shelved and like that just really drags you down it's really difficult to maintain like a stage three or stage four mindset if you're with this group of people for, for a long long time the the other thing is that the as a leader if you're a leader in a group or, or as a consultant also is like the, the giant responsibility you're carrying because the language that you're using with those people, like if you go in as a, like this is typically what often happens with consultants that they'll be like, you know, I know all the answers. I'm just going to, I'm going to tell you now what you're doing wrong. And basically what you're doing is I'm great, but all of you are not. And, uh, and you're basically perpetuating that situation. Yeah. So, so I, I, um, it was interesting to me, uh, I was consulting for um, a German company for some time and they like my approach personally is to be more of a listener, to be more curious, to always listen more than I say. And interestingly, some of the people there, they were just really, um, they, they just they couldn't deal with that. They, they needed me as a consultant to come in and tell them, this is how you do things, right? That, that they expected that. And me asking so many questions, some of them were doubting, like, maybe I just don't know anything. You know, maybe I'm just like, not very good at what I do. And that's why I'm asking so many questions. So yeah, that's, that's very interesting. And I had to have this conversation with these people, like, listen, I just, I, I just want to know how this thing works for you. So I can make the best recommendations based on what you're doing right now. I'm not going to come in and just change everything. But that's kind of what they expected. They they wanted like 
this kind of expert leader to rally around and not to, they didn't really want to do that themselves. They didn't want to become stage three themselves. They wanted a stage three leader to tell them what to do kind of. That's really interesting. And I hadn't, you know, when you, when you said, when you mentioned, you know, that you sort of adapt, you know, how you have, you're at different stages, depending on the context coupled with, you know, for example, if you're doing something like consulting, you are diving into teams at different stages, how important it is to have that language to navigate it. And I'm curious to hear with something where in a line of work, where uh, core skills are one of the cornerstones of what we do like developer relations, how has reading this book affected your outlook in working in this field? Hmm. Um, yeah, so one thing in the book that's highlighted a lot of times is that if you're a tribal leader, you don't just speak the language of the tribe you're in, you speak the language of all the tribes. Like you need to, and that's also why you can't jump from stage one to stage four. You have to go through all the stages, you have to own all the stages, because you need to be able to really understand and have the confidence of that prior stage. And then once you feel like I, I, I've got this down, I own it now, then you're kind of ready to move on to the next one. Um, to me, really, um, I think this is something that we can talk more about in depth later, is that I've noticed with um, different communities that I interact as a developer advocate also, it's really important to understand how, what the pain is of people. Because in the end, you're just trying to help them. And you have to be very careful not to be dismissive of their problem. A lot of people, they are kind of scared to tell you about a setup that they're not proud of, you know, like, oh, I know we shouldn't be doing it like this. So they, they're just going to sugarcoat it or something. Um, so you need to be able to like build that trust and then show them, like, I understand what you're saying. Like, I've been through that. Um, it's, it's not your fault, you know, it's just a lot of things that come together that kind of like keep people in this stage or in this mindset. Um, so that's something that really kind of helped me understand why it's so important to speak that particular language even though sometimes it's really uncomfortable because I don't want to, you know, go back to the times when I felt like a stage two or stage one, maybe even. Um, but yeah, it's, it's now with the book, I feel like I know there's a way out. I, I, there's some you know, techniques and tools to, to get out of there. So it's, it's only temporary. You only temporarily have to go into stage two. It's, it's, um, I, I don't know if you've also experienced this. I'm, I'm, I probably I need to go back to the book because it's a long time ago that I, I read it. But um, like I've I've been in places where I'm talking to someone and I'm talking from the, you know, we're great kind of position, but they're totally not there. They're 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 you know my life sucks, and then they actually get upset with you. They get really really angry uh, when when you're you're trying to like come on you know pull out we're going to be okay it's like no it's not going to be okay you know life sucks <laughs> it's, and um have have you actually been able to do this this like talking in in like the appropriate language level to help to lift them up have you actually been able to do that i i mean i, I tell myself that <laughs> that i was i think i don't think i've managed to 
pull someone from stage three to stage four at my clients, but I, I would venture to say that I managed to create like a stage three kind of culture with its individual teams. So that would start just to give a like more of a context. Um, one of the things that we built was a CICD platform for this really big company that have been, it's like banking IT. So they have really old legacy software that no one wanted to touch. And this was like a huge project where they were asked to rebuild the entire thing in like microservices and like, it's a very, very challenging task actually. And um, there were a bunch of people in there who were stage three, who were like maybe experienced or just really excited about doing this. And they really believed in themselves, like, yeah, we can do this. And then there were some people who were like, uh, just this is like the 20th transformation that I'm part of. And I just don't see how it's actually helping me. It's just more work because now I have to do all this. And in the end, it's just like stuff that doesn't really help me at all. So I think through, uh, first of all, I, exactly what you said. If you tell someone like that, oh, no, we're great. Let's do it. They, they won't trust you. They will hate you. They will not talk to you again. So uh, first, the first thing was to try and find an in. And the easiest way to do that is to go to after work things. Maybe like you have a drink and then you just start the B word about, you know, all the stuff that's terrible at work and the bosses and you know just let them rant for a bit just give them like some space to really express their frustrations and then you know you can like ask questions maybe don't like don't push them too much i think that's the most important things it's the the best way to get people to move to the next stage is for them to have the epiphany right the epiphany is something that they talk about in this book a lot and um just show them so when you go from stage two to stage three like that that there's a couple of coaching tips how you can coach people from one stage to the next would be to show them their how they can be great themselves show them some people who are great give them some um resources to learn um but like let them come to you like don't tell them oh you need to do these things and then you'll be great but more like you know, you can see that there are other people that are out there who are great and you could do that if you wanted to, and I'm here to help you. But if you don't want that help, we can also just continue, you know, complaining about stuff. That kind of reminds me how when performing, when practicing mentorship for someone, especially how, mm -hmm. imp how that, that resonates a lot with how important it is just to listen. Like a lot of the time, these yeah. folks just need someone to listen to their after work banter, um, uh, their after work uh, misgivings, um, yeah. and and just go from and and just have a platform so they can you know let it all out. And then like this isn't to condescend anyone, mind you. Just to like be like, hey, wow, okay. Yeah. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I think I know how to I know how to fix this. Mm. Yeah, you know what 100%. I mean. Yeah, of course, 100%. that applies differently to different stages, but already fi figuring out a way that, you know, how, like you said, Leon, and I really, I really like this, how, how, how to give someone the space so that they can figure out how to be great, and then go from there, because then you get to a stage where you're like, I'm great, I want others to be great, too. I mean, we call that paying it forward in, in, in more uh, informal contexts. Um, 
it, it, it's 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 really interesting how this book sort of like struggles structures all of those so that you can have that framework to yeah. navigate that and, and i think the you know i also in my private life i apply kind of the same principles now um where because it's sometimes it's so painful if someone you care about just has a bad goes through this stage you know like uh, everything is just terrible or like everything that happens to me is so terrible and you don't know what to do or what to say to them like you don't know how to help them so that that is really i think that's why i love the book so much it's like no there are things that you can do and eventually you have to trust the process i think that's kind of the let's just trust the process and people will get there um yeah have i mentioned that i love this book so much <laughs> I, I think for me, one of the, the hardest parts was this, like, you know, life is great is kind of like the, the ultimate thing that's, that is being projected as like, we thought that we were done at we're great. And then suddenly there's like, oh, look, there's new data. There's these weird people that are even more performant and they're talking still different. What's going on here? And then it's like, oh, there's a whole new category that we hadn't even thought about that exists. And um, so... But like when, when you read that and then you're like, okay, how can I, how can I bring the teams that I work with or the communities that I work with? How can I get them there? Or how can we go, go there? And then the realization, or at least for me, this realization came that uh, this is about having abundance, that like to be able to, to talk in the life is great stage or life is great language. Um, uh, I think people need to feel that there is an abundance and there is no more competition. Like people, you don't need to be worried about the other groups that are going to come and take your business away or that are going to like compete with you and your company was going to go down, your stock is going to be away. You know, it, it's just, <clears throat> you can just blissfully be productive and and be part of community and everything is just awesome and joyful. Um, but it, that's, there's pre, pre preconditions you, that language alone is not going to get you there, and that's that's the that's the the hard part because they talk about it how a, a teams would like yo-yo between you know oh, things is amazing like nothing to worry about everything is awesome and then like uh, okay we're in competition now we're great but they're not <laughs> and then yeah. <clears throat> I think they also say in the book that stage five is nothing that you will have for a long period of time. It's just, it's more like event-based, like there's something, like some transcending goal that you're working towards. And once you achieve that goal, it goes away. You go back to stage four. Yeah. As soon Ramon, as you said that. Something? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. As soon as you said event-based, that immediately clicked to DevRel, um, experience of mine, which is when you're at a conference mm -hmm. and it's going really well, or it ends really well, there's that sort of euphoric, <laughs> we did it, everybody. Like this event was yeah. a success and that, cause I was about to ask if you've had any stage five experiences in your DevRel work, but would it be safe to assume that we've all had that with say a really good event, uh, like a conference? I guess, I guess you could say that. Um, I do you remember when we did Global Diversity CFP Day? I think that was like a stage five experience because mm -hmm. it was like all the people all around the world. It was like actually global. And we didn't think about, oh, we're better than this other workshop or whatever. It was just, 
you know, we're doing great things for all of humanity, all of the tech industry. I think that that felt really great. We should probably think... add that Global Diversity CFB Day is a one-day workshop to help um, underrepresented folks get into their get into public speaking, um, do their first technical talk. Context. Thank you. I think also like in open source communities, I think it's it's more likely to happen because um, I've I've had the experience where uh, well, you know, I'm a business owner, so. Um, to some extent, I represent a group that is competing with other groups, and I need to be thinking about, like, you know, are they going to take our business away? Or, you know, but we had this in the Drupal community. We had this for years where it's just share everything you've got. It's like, we're, we're all, it's awesome here together. And, and we're, we're just, you know, lifting the tide that lifts all the boats. And I think that's, 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 uh, I think that open source where people, uh, as long as it doesn't become competition or a tool for competition, it can be this thing that is like a cultural good for all of humanity. And then, and then people really believe that, uh, and that's amazing. And that, that, that gives this, yeah, that, that's my stage five experience, I think, or, or a lot of it has been, been in, in those kind of communities. I, I we're, yeah, we're, we're just welcome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think that I think stage five is very, very hard to get to. And I, I've never, you know, planned for it. It just happens. You know, it's not that you can well, I can't manufacture the all the things that need to happen for, for it to be a stage five experience. But I, I think like when when you work towards like when the value you are creating together as a group is not monetized in any way it's really just for the betterment of the community it's really all about giving back i think that's the closest that we can get to creating the circumstances um, i do hope we get to spend a little bit more time to talk about stage three and stage four because i feel like that is where most of the work we can do you know like especially as developer advocates i feel like stage four to stage five is like that's really really difficult but i think that the communities the communities we create we really should not settle for uh, I'm great. Like, and this is, this is the thing that we try to do with speakers where we say like, please, you know, this is not a pissing contest. You, you, you're not supposed to uh, go in and compete with others. Uh, like, you know, it, 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 we are all great here together and, we're, and we're, we're here to do something amazing together. And then hopefully sometimes you bump into the life, life is great part. Um, uh, so I, and I think that's that's for me that's for Defrel where it's so so important how uh, how we coach speakers when we do events so that they're they're not you know like you know I'm so much better than you and I know all the stuff that you don't know and uh, you know that that kind of stuff that or where it's like uh, let's let's see or if you are you also great let's see <laughs> and then and then yeah so so that's that's. Um, but I mean, that's also stage three, right? If you are, um, if you think you're great and you meet another guy who, who thinks he's great and maybe you think he's great as well, that doesn't mean that we are great together. It just means that we are two people who think they're great, right? And I think that there's a very nice example in the book where uh, it's like three doctors talking to each other. And then one guy is like, oh, I did like these many 
operations or whatever. The next guy, was, oh, while you were doing your operations, I was teaching the minds of the next generation of amazing doctors. And then the third one is, oh, while you were doing this, I was doing like some groundbreaking research. And they all were laughing and patting each other on the shoulder. And it's like, they each respect each other for their stage three isms, right? It's not, they're not great together as a group. It's just that I'm better than you. And you say you're better than me. And then that person says he's better than both of us. And we're all kind of like, right? You know, we can all give each other the feeling of, yeah, we're all better than each other. For, it still works out because that's kind of like the paradigm on which we, uh, I guess, value our work. Like everyone can be the best in, in their own thing, I guess. Um, and I think that, you know, maybe maybe it is about time to break into the juicy part of like community work in stage three and developer advocacy in stage three. Um, I So, okay, I don't know. I'm just going to stoke the fire now. I do feel in the past couple of months, and I've, I've not been a developer advocate for very long. It's I've been doing it for about a year. Um, I would argue that I have been working with the community and, you know, giving talks and doing educational stuff for a long, long time before that, but like officially the title, uh, I've been, I've been doing it for about a year and what I've seen, and I don't know if this, maybe this is not lately, maybe this has always been like this. There's a lot of people out there as developer advocates who operate solely on I'm great and you're not, it's solely about self-branding and like creating content that is marginally helpful it's not not helpful it's just that the, the focus is clearly not on helping it's more about on saying like i know everything i'm the expert on this topic and you should do exactly what i tell you to do otherwise you're an idiot or whatever so um that is as i said before like some people really want that some people like it when someone just tells them how it goes but that again, doesn't bring them forward, right? The, the person who gets told what to do doesn't learn and can't you know, adapt and, and become better really. Um, so the question really is, how do we get ourselves as a, the DevRel community to move on? Because we're, in many ways, we are the role models. You know, We are the tribal leaders, we speak for others, we speak to others, we have authority in what we say. So how do we make sure or how do we, um, yeah, keep others? Oh, I'm not quite sure if we can do that, but uh, how do we make sure that the message we spread is like, hey, we're in this together. Everything I create is based on, you know, what people give me, right? I'm, I'm not coming up with all my ideas just out of my own brain, but it's influenced by what other people tell me and what I've learned from other people. Very good stuff. I, I think... Um, some of the best ways is participative, um, like make creating a place for other people's voices. So, like when when you when you do an on conference, when you so when you create space for everybody to have a voice, and where you encourage them and say, you know, you're okay. Like what what you were saying about the the RFP, the diversity RFP, that is about creating more space for more people to have more voice. It's creating more power for people. And so that everybody can be feel powerful, because I think that's what's under the hood here is that, um, you know, my life sucks means I, I feel powerless. Um, and uh, and the, uh, I'm great means I have power over you because I know more than you. And uh, so I think that that's um, 
trying to create more power in in the group and and create power within and with and you know the the Mary Parker Follett's good stuff. Um, that that is, I think, the path that that can can do that. Um, and setting the expectation, like if you do an event, say you know we're here to learn together. It's not to listen to some godheads that know everything. Where you know you also know stuff, and even if you even if you only have questions, you have questions, and those are more, probably more valuable than any answers. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's that's the path. Yeah, this is this is a concern that's been a, in in my head a lot too, uh, especially lately when working around. I've been spending some of my free time uh, working with emerging developers or people who are interested in joining developer relations as a field, and how to navigate that. To put it mildly, double-edged, sordid nature of hero worship that we tend to see in com in developer communities because. At its core, like like this book describes, having having especially when you're starting out and you don't know where to go, having somebody to lead you in the right path, but without doing so in an in an overhanded no heavy handed way, not 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 as if being passive, but rather saying like, listen, these are your options. This is what worked for me in my context, given my position of privilege and all that. Keep that in mind as you move forward. I'm here for questions if you ever need me, for example. But at the same time, I know that I've been um, guilty, perhaps, when working, per say, with uh, people who are getting started with public speaking. And honestly, even one of my one of my favorite going back to Global Diversity CFP Day, one of my favorite experiences I learned from uh, giving a presentation there two years ago was. To learn to realize that no matter how long you've been doing this, uh, this being public speaking, text speaking rather, that you still get nervous, like at, at, in your own way relative to going up on stage. You know, I I always like to say that mine's like a tent graph, like a tangent graph. You know, stress, 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 and then I'm like in another plane of existence <laughs> as I speak. And to realize that no matter how long you've been doing this, uh, you your nervousness and or excitement, depending on how you want to frame it, by the way, that framing is super important. Not to go too much off, off topic here. My point is how good it feels to be cheered on by someone else when you're starting out. How good it feels to, for example, one 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 thing I, I, I sometimes do at a conference, um, don't do it always, wish I did it more, was when somebody goes up on stage, just to like run around and take pictures from different angles. And I do that not again, not to condescend it, but also to give them that that good feeling of like you're doing this. This is awesome. How how can we mitigate that turning into? I don't even know what the term is, but you know what I mean. I I think the the problem is is do you see yourself as a savior that is going to mm, help the other person? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or how? Or yeah. yeah. So I think that yeah, the key or, is that you cannot help someone without being transformed yourself. So if you if mm. you really truly want to help somebody, you have yeah. to help yourself also in the process. You have to you it has to be a mutual exchange of of transformation. That's the mm. only way that this works. And um yeah. But there's other books about that part. <laughs> but that's <laughs> maybe for another one. But there's uh, uh two things about the well there's one thing I find super good about the book is that 
when they um, describe how you can coach someone from stage three to stage four, it's to show them why they can move ahead. So a lot of stage three people, and if you are in stage three, well, if you're exhibiting behavior of stage three, you're not supposed to say you are in stage three because that's, we're not labeling people like this. But while I was rereading this book for this um, podcast, I also realized that I was firmly stuck kind of in stage three behavior while thinking I'm so awesome because I'm stage four, which is already kind of like exactly what stage three is about. So like one of the things that a lot of people um, who are in stage three kind of feel is I work so hard and everyone else is just not as good as I am. Like they can't pick up my slack. I, I'm just doing everything for everyone and I just can't move further. I can't be more successful no matter how hard I try. And I kind of come into this weird cap. And um, the way that you're supposed to coach them is to tell them like, hey, you're amazing. Look at all these things you've done. It's fantastic. But to move to the next level, to be more successful, you now have to look at the bigger picture. Now it's about empowering other people. Like one of the things that they describe that, that you should encourage people to do is um, moving from dyadic relationships. So it's just the two of us. So I need something done. I'm just going to go to you. I'm just going to talk to you directly. Because in stage three, everything's about information. Power and information, those are the currencies and they're limited. If I give you power, my power is gone, right? If I give you information, I'm not as valuable in, anymore because now you have the information. Whereas in stage four, power is an infinite resource. The more power I give to you, the more you give to me. One of the things that I love about, you know, that it was described in the book, and since then I've, I've heard of it happening, is um, you're supposed to bring, you're supposed to create three uh, triadic relationships, I think. So three person relationships. So instead of me going to you, I will connect to people. I will, and I've been doing this for like, since I read the book pretty much all the time, when I go to events, I will always, you know, I know that you like this and I know another person who likes this. So I'm going to go through hell to get the two of you together so you can get to know each other. And in the book, they say, you know, when, when you do this and you leave, the first thing they will do is talk about how great you are. You don't even have to like be the stage three person of telling everyone how great you are because people will tell each other. And I don't want to like pat too much on my own shoulder, but I, um, I did a live stream with Nancy from the women in cloud native group. And she was telling me that she knew of me because at DevRelCon in Prague, which I unfortunately missed. Apparently people were talking about me not being there because you were doing karaoke and people were like, oh, it's so sad that Leah is not here. And I was like, oh my God, it's happening. This is so great. So yeah, if you want to move to the next stage, just like don't focus on yourself, focus on others and the space that you're creating for others. I really like that because I think that it, that, that also extends into our technical DevRel work that we do of being like, oh, I know somebody who's working on a on who you could collaborate the, with to work on solution X Y Z. Um, do want to take a small opportunity to say Nancy is awesome, so I'm going to do that here on the podcast. <laughs> She's amazing. Um, yeah. So and 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 I think that that sort of like very nat very innate devil nature of like connecting people to solutions to to collaborations to opportunities is something that really is important. And then perhaps as a not to get too meta here, but as a DevRel community takes us to a potential higher stage. Yeah. 
Stage four is all about values. You're committing to the values of the tribe rather than your own values or what your own goal. I actually gave a talk about this, uh, about community building and diversity. And if you haven't seen it, I'm going to give it again in Vancouver at Open Source Summit. So if you're there, check it out. Um, so and then one of the examples I give there is that I used to, or I still am one of the organizers of Serverless Days Amsterdam. And when I started, more or less, I was doing it by myself. And it was really tough. And it's exactly what I said. It's, you know, uh, I'm working so hard and like no one's helping me. And if someone's helping me, they're all doing it all wrong and everything. And then after a while, there were more and more people interested in helping. And I switched kind of the way that I went about it by just putting all the information out there, but not restricting anyone to what they can or allowed to do. It's just like, here's all you need. Like here's like some run books, here the credentials to social media. You know, let's discuss, let's say like, these are all three values. And then what can we do to, you know, make sure that they, they are incorporated in, in what we do. And I really noticed like, okay, the, the thing that you get to at the end might not be exactly what you imagined, but it's so much better because there are so many people with better ideas than you could ever have by yourself. And it's really just this letting go and trust, trust the process, trust the values, trust the people that you work with. And you, you just get to somewhere much better than you could have gone to by yourself. And it's also not as much work. Right. I really appreciate that whole, that, that whole point about, you know, how it's, a, how that diversity of perspective is also really significant towards getting you to that stage where you're just like, look, the values can coincide, but they're also not going to be all of the values that I brought to the table. Yeah. Yeah. All of the and they shouldn't that... be. It's not no, the totally. community, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, folks, as we are coming up to perhaps winding down this conversation, I'd love to check, do either of you have anything else from the book that you feel like really needs to be talked about uh, or that we might have missed? Uh, well, I I think we didn't talk super, super much about stage four itself, more about like how do we get people into that stage and how do we get people out of the stage two, stage five. I think most of us... Uh, in tech, I mean, um, are somewhere between stage three and stage four most of the time, I think. And that's great. I think that the the gospel of stage four, like, you know, like community work mainly, I think that's that's how we know about it the most. Um, we just have to be very careful to create a space where people are welcome to do it, but they're not overworking themselves. You know, they're not pouring too much of themselves into that. Um, cause I, like right now it's shortly before KubeCon and I am basically working two full-time jobs. One is my regular job and the other one is community work. And I feel so responsible for creating a great experience for the community. You know, I'm a local in Amsterdam. So when the CNCF calls me like, Hey, do you have some recommendations? I'm like, yes, a hundred percent. I will, if I have information that could help someone else, I feel obligated to give them that information. Right? I, I don't. I don't like sitting on it, but it's also, I guess I don't, it's not in the book, but I feel like we have to be very careful not to burn out, burn each other out by, you know, placing that high of a value on community work and you know giving back. You know, you can only give if you have something. I don't know if you have any opinions on that. Oh, absolutely. I think I have two thoughts that come to mind. I think, first of all, one thing that I learned quite strongly when 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 I had 
my burnout back in 2018 is the quality of what I can offer is only as good as I'm capable of giving it. So if I'm taking on too much, the quality of what I will offer to my community, work, etc., will suffer first. Second, if I'm doing my job of being a community member and climbing those stages of culture correctly, then I would be able to delegate or connect. Say like, you know what? I really can't think about a good suggestion for local stuff here, but I do know this other person who's really into this stuff who has some time. Cool to connect you to. And I feel like doing those sorts of things, taking, and, and as we were talking about before, not removing myself from the picture per se, but playing that role of connecting, I feel like that's a good indication of a healthy culture. I, I think that's when you go in martyrhood mode and you're like the single savior who needs to solve all the problems alone. Basically, you're in my life sucks because I'm the only one who can do this stuff. And you're, you're working really hard to try to, conself, to convince yourself that actually you're great because you, you're, you're able to do this stuff. So you're basically like just vibrating between like actually bad place. Um, so I, I think like learning to, to, to listen and to, to hear the language and um, uh, to recognize when you're like you're taking too much of the space and you're uh, um, I, I have this a lot that I'm talking too much and uh, <clears throat> and then and recognizing is like okay and trying to reduce it and trying to create more space for others I think that's well but it's a that's a long journey there's a lot to, <laughs> it takes a long time to learn this stuff I, I love what you said, Ramon. I think now that after you said it, I realized that, like, yeah, this is like typical stage three behavior. It's like someone asks you for help and you're immediately jumping on it and like trying to do it by yourself, stressing yourself out, maybe even going, like, why can't they ask someone else to do it? Like that is, that is so classical stage three instead of, you know, yeah, connecting with the right people, um, just facilitating the space, creating the space for someone else to do it. Maybe let someone else shine for a while. Um, that is, that is a very, very good point. I'm going to call the CNCF now and tell them, like, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, CNCF. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, that's 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 really great. I really I love this conversation. Um, I, I, I love how this book is so great that while we're talking about it, I'm still learning new stuff and new perspectives to look at the stages, right? It's not like everything that's in the book is, like, 100% exactly how, you know, the world works. But it gives us, as you said, like a framework to talk about the, these things, and yeah. you know, we can disagree, it, and that's fine. It it is a model, right? And every model is is wrong, like no matter. And some are uh, useful. Our, yes, it, it's but it's it's like, this one is actually pretty useful. <laughs> so, so it is, yeah. it is. I also like if um, if I may, I would like to recommend some other books that are kind of like in a similar vein that really helped me. So one is Team Topologies, which is maybe more interesting for like really tech people or people who are very interested in tech organizations. Um, it's it's more I don't know more hands on I guess it's less philosophical. The other one is um, okay, it's one of the Brené Brown books. And Brené Brown is an amazing speaker and um, author talking about vulnerable leadership. Uh, um, I think it's called Dare, Dare to Lead. I think that's the one that I mean. And yeah, it's fantastic. And it also like adds to this 
And one of the things that I really like about this book is it gives you like a rational reason why working in a group and helping others is good, period. Like it's better, it makes more sense economically, makes more sense, you know, like if, if you just want to grow. And um, yeah, I, I think like the, these other two books that I mentioned are a good addition to kind of expand on that idea. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, unless I've missed anything, I'm going to start saying thank you both so much for joining me today. Uh, this has been really, really eye-opening. I love a conversation where I get called out on my stuff. So I was like, yeah, like I'm learning stuff. It's cool. Um, thank you. Thank you both. Um, I want to give Leon and then Christoph the opportunity. If folks want to get in touch with you, um, what would be the best way for them to do so? Yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter or Mastodon or LinkedIn or uh, Instagram. Okay, I don't know. Um, it's Leon Makes Things. So L-I-A-N, that's my name. And then Makes Things, that's one word. Uh, the one thing I would like to plug is if you are at KubeCon in, in, in pretty much exactly a month, we're going to have like an amazing karaoke party on the Wednesday. And you can check it out at kuberoki.love. So that's kuber like Kubernetes and then oki like karaoke.love. Check it out. I would be so happy to see you there. Thank you. So um, people can find me um, as K van Tomme, uh, which is the first letter of my name, uh, well, my first name, and then my family name with a double M um, on the, the regular platforms. Uh, so, Mostly active on LinkedIn nowadays. Um, still peeking in on Twitter. I have a Mastodon account, but it's well, the transition hasn't happened yet. Um, so it's a little bit in between platforms at the moment. But that, that, that's where you can find me. Super fair. Well, um, once again, thank you both so much. Um, this is Ramon. Where we can where can we find you? Uh, I'm Ola underscore underscore soy underscore milk on pretty much most of everything um hanging out on linkedin twitter that sort of thing um yeah uh i'm having a good time doing uh, some learning initiatives having just taking it a little easy as well it's good it's good so thank you both so much um really love this conversation um folks if you're listening if you want to join us with a book that you've read that has affected your devrel uh, career, please do feel free to get in touch. And I will say, have a wonderful rest of your day, everybody. Thank you. Thanks so much for having Thank me. Thank you. Have a great Thanks day. Thanks for having us. Mm -hmm.